Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. So interesting things happen to us, don't they, when we engage in a meditation practice. So one day earlier this week, must have been Monday, I think, I was in meditation and just kind of sitting quietly processing my thoughts and my feelings about my thoughts and just just kind of sitting there. And, and it was time to be done. So I got up and go about my business in the morning. And then later, from out of the blue, and you know, out of the blue is another name for God. So from out of the blue came an image in my mind of an archer. And I thought to myself, what in the world? And I just figured I'll just sit with it and it'll be revealed. Why did this image come to mind? Why was I gifted with this? And we're going to come back to that. So just hold that image in your mind for a, f- a few moments and we'll come back to it. So this is the Lenten season, that six-week period of spiritual preparation for Easter. And we are, we, Amy and I, are in the process of presenting music and message provided by that iconoclastic American theologian Howard Thurman. We're drawing from his meditations found in the book, Meditations of the Heart. And if you've missed either the two preceding Sundays of this series, please go to our website or our podcast, and you can get caught up to speed with where we are. So just a brief recap, as a spiritual leader in many ways, Howard Thurman lived through enormous changes in his life. The world was much different when he died in 1981 than it was when he was born in Florida in 1899. He was somebody who met head-on the facts of the day, and he had a lot of facts to address. While remaining committed to demonstrating the kingdom of God or the beloved community, as we call it, he was committed to bringing it into manifestation for everyone. Well, We've been dealing with some heavy facts of, li- of late, maybe uh, the last couple years, uh, more so than normal. And just as Howard Thurman was, we in unity are committed to the demonstration of the beloved community, that world of peace, abundance, and respect for all creation. Admittedly, it's been a bit challenging, you might agree. I remember just a couple years ago as we were getting ready for the year 2020, and we here at Unity of Fairfax, like pretty much every other organization I can name, was doing a riff on the vision or the idea of 2020 vision. You know, you remember all that? Well, apparently, collectively, we all needed glasses (laughs) because there was a lot coming down the pike we just didn't see coming. But that's all right. It is perfectly all right. Because even though so many things have grabbed our attention, that hasn't changed the truth that each one of us is connected to that infinite power that we call God. The infinite power and presence of the universe is every bit as with us now as it was before the pandemic started, and it will be with us when we get through this and on to the next thing. 
Because that is the truth of who we are, each one of us, as individualized expressions of the creative magnificence of the universe. Sherry hit that perfectly in our meditation today. And I know that when it is challenging, when we face challenging facts in our personal lives or collectively, it's sometimes really easy to get sucked into that drain spin or of drama, and we just think, oh, help, I'm sinking. Or maybe, am I just shamelessly projecting my own experience onto other people? Is it, okay, I see, okay, oh, sure. I worry about that sometimes. You know, as ministers, we have to be very cautious of projecting our own stuff. But when I do settle down, and when I do get still, and when I do take a moment to actually check in with the truth of my being, I sometimes am reminded of a question that I learned a few years ago to ask myself. And I've mentioned it here a time or two, but it's worth bringing up right now. And the question is this. Do you tell God how big your problems are, or do you tell your problems how big your God is? It's a matter of perspective, right? Now, I realize that's anthropomorphizing the divine, but it, it clearly makes the point, though. And it reminds us that the allness that God is, the allness that spirit is, the allness that the universe is, whatever language you work with, that allness is bigger than any problem, any pandemic, and any pandemonium that we experience in our lives, whether in our personal internal lives, like between our ears, in our immediate circle, or in the universe at large. This allness is the source of all divine ideas, all love, all power, all strength, all wisdom. And when we are receptive to it and follow its leanings and promptings, then indeed we do become the hands and the heart of spirit in the world like my friend Valerie did. And like we all do, probably as a matter of course, when we stop to think about it. We truly can be, and we truly are, emissaries of peace on earth, goodwill towards all. And yes, that does mean we need to encounter and confront and meet head on the divisive and dirty issues of the day, not to punish ultimately, and this is important, not to punish, but to restore to transform, and to heal. That's why we address things, to restore, transform, and heal. And we know that even if in our humanity there is that little voice in us that does want to punish, that does want to kick some tail and do other actions like that, because we are angry sometimes at injustice and greed and their effects in the world. And we are sad when we see suffering in the world. And we, we want to just let the, those folks who cause it be aware of our feelings towards their actions. Yeah, we can honor our humanity. I loved it. So when I was in St. Petersburg, uh, my ministerial and I, partner and I had a little rule. And the rule was this. You can complain for 15 minutes. I'll listen for the first three. And then at the end of those 15 minutes, we'll get back to the business at hand. So all of that is a way of saying, yes, we have to honor our feelings, whatever we're feeling, let them out, just 
honor our humanity, be with it, and then let's get back to being Christ incarnate. You know, we're in the world and not of it. I'm thinking, though, you know, this is Lent, and we're emphasizing the story of the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. If the world in which he lived in, in some respects, mirrors are the world in which we're living in. And, you know, I, I think about the, 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 the place where he lived, occupied by a foreign country. Uh, human rights at the time were, uh, we'll just say, debatable. Disease was rampant. You know, he tells all kinds of stories about disease all over the place. Clearly, there was an enormous gulf between the haves and the have-nots. There was an uh, occupying army with a lot of collaborators who maintained their position and their profit by collaborating. The justice of Rome was just for Rome, not for the conquered people. Is it any wonder, then, that his call for an inclusive society where everyone was valued, the kingdom of God. Is it any wonder there were people threatened by that notion? Hmm. Yeah, some of that might sound familiar. In the strain of all that, in the strains that we're living with, the strain of the people in his times, didn't just seem heavy, I'm sure. It was heavy. Just as some of the pressures we've been living under are pretty heavy. You can't watch the news without feeling some heaviness. So Howard Thurman, great iconoclastic American theologian, knew this experience of the strain. And he wrote a beautiful meditation. And I'd like to share that with you. And the meditation is simply entitled, When the Strain is Heaviest. And this is what he said. At times when the strain is heaviest upon us and our tired nerves cry out in many-tongued pain because the flow of love is choked far below the deep recesses of the heart, we seek with cravings firm and hard the strength to break the dam that we may live again in love's warm stream. We want more love. And more and more until at last we are restored and made anew. Or so it seems. When we are closer drawn to God's great light and in its radiance stand revealed, the meaning of our need informs our minds. More love, we cried, as if it could be weighed and measured and bundled and tied. As if with perfect wisdom, we could say to one, a little love, to another, an added portion, and on and on until all the debts were paid and no one was left behind. But now we see the tragic blunder of our cry. Not for more love our human hunger craves, but for more power to love. To put behind that tender feeling, the understanding heart, the boundless reaches of the Father's care, makes love eternal, always kindled, always new. This becomes the eager meaning of the aching heart, the bitter cry. 
the anguished call. Bitter cry, anguished call. Why? Because what we want is both private and public peace, abundance, and respect for all creation, for ourselves, for those we love. And each one of those is a manifestation of love. Yet this vision seems to grow dim and fade when the strain becomes heavy. And we find ourselves thinking, I don't have the capacity to love anymore. And as then we realize we have it, we just need to put more oomph behind it, more power to love. Which brings me back to the archer. This is a symbol, and symbols speak volumes to us. Think about some symbols you're aware of and what they mean to you. The American flag is a symbol. The dollar sign is a symbol. The swastika is a symbol. A cross is a symbol. A rainbow is a symbol. A four-leaf clover is a symbol. A skull and crossbones is a symbol. A heart is a symbol. Symbols are powerful because they have multiple layers of meaning and speak to us, sometimes in different ways at different times, but we know that there is something profound in the symbol for us. And when we encounter the symbol, that makes all the difference of what the meaning is. So there I was Monday in meditation, having this deep, profound experience of just processing thoughts and feelings, and I received a symbol. And, I, and it occurred to me that that's what it was. And I, had, and I spent a little more time thinking, well, what does the symbol mean? And how is it helpful for me? And how might it be helpful for us? So it occurs to me that maybe you and I want to send something forward to create something. And there's a target, a destination we want to, to get to. Which I remember for me on that day, it was really to get back to a sense of peace of mind and to see peace in the world. My heart is aching with some of the facts of the day. And in order to get to that target, to get to that goal, there is a distance that must be traveled. In other words, there are challenges that have to be overcome. And maybe there are challenges in your own personal life to, to get to your target of whatever it is you're wanting to demonstrate or manifest. And that in order to meet that challenge, there's, a, again, this great distance. So how does the arrow get there? And the arrow represents our capacity to engage. It has to go backward at first. And the further the target the further the archer must draw back the bow, feeling resistance in the string, in the bow, in their arm. The further the goal, the more power is required. And the further the go, it seems, the goal, it seems like I'm, that the arrow has to go backward for a time. It's like, I'm not getting, my goal's over there, and I keep going backward and backward and backward because I'm pulling the arrow backward. And then, when the eye is focused, 
and the moment is right. In divine timing, the command is given, loose! And the arrow flies through the air using the laws of physics, which we might call divine order, divine laws, to reach its target. But what occurred to me as I processed this image is that without the strain and the pull, the arrow sits idly by in the quiver with all the other wants and wishes on which no action is taken. For our love for ourselves and our world to go further, more power, more pull is needed, as Thurman said. And sometimes that power and that pull takes the form of tough love, but it's still love. Sometimes we need to leave, use tough love on ourselves. Sometimes with the people who are nearest and dearest to us. But it's still love, and it still has as its intention to restore, transform, and to heal. And as we realize and know our connection to the living spirit of truth within us, then we will realize we have access to all the power that we need to do that which is to be done by us. So let us not be afraid whenever we seem to be moving a little backward from our goal because the archer of the universe is engaged in us and as us and through us. We will reach our targets because we have all the power to love at our disposal. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.